In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, recorded late at night by two dudes from Nebraska that definitely have better things to do with their time, but here we are. We are for sure here. Uh, we, here can, we can I, talk a little, I mean, this is FBI as well, kind of, yeah, right? It's it's still the wrestling booking unit, but I sure, am I mean, Detective Marks Marks, and I'm joined today by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, you know, I, I actually got to do my family Christmas tonight. We've been prosecuting left and right. And then I had this opportunity to do a family Christmas, which was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, now that now that we're close to uh, uh, taking a break at the courthouse and, and uh, all that, I, I think I'm going to go on vacation, going to head out to Cody, Wyoming, and, and uh, go to the other house and have some... Uh, wait, yeah, wait, you're projecting again. In fact, that's not me. No, no, that is definitely Eric Bischoff. Oh, well, maybe but, I'll get an invite. Yeah, well, if you do get an invite, man, send me a word, take me along with you, because I'd love to hang out and uh, shoot the breeze with him, man. Oh, that'd be great. I um, doubt get an invite. <laughs> yeah, we won't. Yeah, wishful thinking, but this will be the last show of the year as we both will take time to celebrate with our respective families over the next few weeks. Uh, we will be back in the first full week of 2020 with all new episodes. Uh, this week, we're going to do things a little different. We're taking a look back at the year and talking about some of the stuff that we liked and maybe some things that we didn't like. This is not going to be a best of show, but a this year we dot 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 show. I can can't believe they that that Tony Stark died. Yeah, well, it's not that year in review either. No, not really. But uh, no. fortunately, it's been long enough that I don't think we have to worry about a spoiler warning before no. that. If, if we have a spoiler warning with that, that is a problem. Yeah. Now, if we said something about uh, I don't know Star Wars, out, <laughs> then we might get in trouble. We won't talk Star Wars. We will not. Here is the short uh, spoiler-free. Uh, review of Star Wars. It was good. Go see it. There we go. That's, that's it. That's the end of it. I, I won't see it until, until Christmas Eve. It's yeah. Not, yeah. But it's the good. sun are going, so we're pumped. Anyway, yeah. go on. It uh, was good, but um, but like this year, we're going to talk about you know some of the things that happened that we did like, and maybe some of the things we didn't. Um, we're not going to really do crimes uh, this week, per se, uh, but we might give our, our opinion on who we thought had a great year and who we thought had not so great year. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll let you guys go so that you guys can celebrate your holidays with your families. Uh, to start off, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the big dogs in the wrestling world, uh, the WWE. Um, and, and we've been very critical of a lot of things that WWE has done, uh, specifically main roster. But at the same point, 
it would be not in the uh, spirit of the season to to uh, ignore the fact that they did also have some really phenomenal matches. They did. They, they did. And, and I mean, amongst the, I mean, we can kind of sequence our, our way through the year, but I, I think at the end of the day, now that there's competition, we may have just seen the best year in professional wrestling on television. I'm not going to say overall, but on, on domestic U.S. television um, for in, in what, 15, maybe 20 years? Yeah, very likely. Um, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I can we can give singular matches in the 07 in the 10 year range, 10 to 12 year range, um, some strengths. But I think as a overall year, um, competition has been good. Mm-hmm. Competition has definitely been good for the business. Although many people would say the best match of the year for main roster WWE actually occurred before the competition was really in full swing. Um, a lot of people would, would argue that Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania uh, might have been the best match of the year. Um, That's for sure. And it, well, it was a would, phenomenal it, match. Solid argument. Yeah. Phenomenal match. Daniel Bryan always pulls out good matches. Uh, Kofi Kingston, always a good match. Um, you know, whether, whether it was the best of the year uh, or not, we'll let you guys decide. Um, but it was definitely a very, very good match. Um, and, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention how great those two were and how it did give us that uh, feel-good moment, potentially, of the entire year. Um, so so are you literally starting the show with your match of the year candidate? Um, you know, well, I'm, I, I'm not necessarily wording it match of the year. Uh, it might very well might be match of the year for WWE. Um, oh, okay, okay. But, but like I said, that since this isn't an award show, I don't know if we're going to have a uh, definitive match of the year. But because we've got a lot of other matches WWE did. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Uh, you know, the Elimination Chamber match with the men was a really good match. You know, we have, uh, I mean, just so, so many really good matches. And, and you know, I mean... We'd be, you know, just uh, taking up too much time if we kind of went down all of them. But that one, I think most people would say was probably the best match for WWE main roster of the year. And it's worth at least talking about. Uh, WrestleMania as a whole was probably the best WrestleMania top to bottom that we've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can do that match of the year. Go on. Well, that, no, I... I I, I'm saying even that, for WWE. Yeah. Well, and that's the deal is like I I uh, understand arguments and and that's why I said many people. I don't even necessarily know if I think that was the best match of the but I know a lot of people have. I know specifically uh, Michael Sedgwick from What Culture uh, ranked that as his number one match of the year. Um, I've known other people who've talked about it as their match of the year. Does this mean I've, NXT doesn't count? Yeah, I'm talking main roster. Oh, okay. NXT is getting their own thing, you know. Uh, we're going to talk about them later, just like we're going to talk about All Elite Wrestling. Okay, and, just make sure. And this is not a them versus them uh, conversation, because in the in the end, we've said this before, who was the real winner in this? Us, as the fans, yes, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, that I like you and I have talked about how we're not the biggest Daniel Bryan fan. We uh, appreciate his abilities in the ring, 
Um, he definitely is very, 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 very talented. Uh, he just, his character is not been our cup of tea. Um, and we actually enjoyed him more, I think, as the heel Daniel Bryan earlier on this year than uh, we really ever did as a face. Um, but we're definitely in the minority there, you know? Yeah, a lot of people love hero Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Well, as evident by uh, his return uh, last week on SmackDown uh, as the old Daniel Bryan again, uh, the fans ate it. And and I don't blame them, you know? Like I said, they, they loved it. You know, we've, we've both got favorite wrestlers that other people would argue shouldn't be on our list, you know? Um, oh, for sure. I mean, I still love Dolph Ziggler, even though they're misusing him for years. They've been yeah. misusing him for a while. Well, and I mean, the simple fact is everyone knows my favorite wrestler of all time was Sting. Uh, and there, there are people who would argue that Sting doesn't deserve to be on the list of favorite wrestlers or best wrestler. And I understand what they're saying. But I can also say that there have been very few wrestlers that have affected me emotionally like Sting did, especially in the 90s, you know? We also got to see retirement this year. Not that that was a good thing, but got to see Baron Corbin retire. Kurt Angle. Angle. Like an actual legend getting retired by somebody that fans can't get behind. How does he not get a departure? And I know that I'm I'm harping a little bit on the negative here, but how does he not get a departure? Um, Maybe not Nature Boy equivalent, but heck of a lot closer well yeah i mean you you and i both said going into that that the real person that should have done it was c shorty oh see i was thinking gable uh, gable, gable could have seen I, I would have been okay with either gable would have been passing the mantle cena would have been a throwback to cena's first match mm-hmm. when he um, lost which he lost and that would have been yeah um but in the end uh, you know one thing we can respect kurt angle understood the old adage uh, you come into the business on your back and you go out on your back. You know, the when you're new in the business, your job is to make the stars look good. And when you're retiring from the business, your job is to make the next generation look good. That's that's the goal. Yeah. And he did it wonderfully. And whether you like Baron Corbin or not, uh, which some people really, really, really don't, you and I both fall on the we appreciate what he does uh, side of things. But uh, Kurt Angle obviously showed enough faith in him to uh, agree that that was who who he was, would go. It out was there. okay for him to go out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we had just a ton of great matches this year and a ton of great great appearances and and everything. Uh, the Hell in a Cell match, Becky versus Sasha, was a really good match. Um, probably the best match of that Hell in a Cell. You know, it, as with all the botches that happened at WrestleMania, I really enjoyed the uh, the Becky versus. Well, it was definitely the best in Hell in a Cell. Good job, by the way. I'm picking that. Mm-hmm. Um, the WrestleMania Triple Threat was better than than a lot of people give it probably credit for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most of us would have preferred it to have been a one-on-one uh, Becky versus Ronda. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they still now have that in their pocket that they can pull out whenever Ronda decides to come back. Uh, and so, you know, maybe maybe that's a bit of long-term booking that they're thinking of. Who knows? But, but you know, we, we can focus on, on a lot of the negative things that WWE main roster has done, like the infamous Hell in a Cell 
Bray Wyatt match uh, that should not have ended the way it did. Uh, no, no. Uh, and uh, we can well, talk. Man, overseas, particular pay-per-views overseas that yep. probably don't need much attention. Uh, I would say this year's biggest faux pas was the lack of an evolution. I would agree. They really uh, should have done that. Um, and they had they had an opportunity. We've said this before. They had an opportunity uh, due to the mechanical issues, we'll call them, overseas, uh, to have made up for it a bit on that SmackDown. They chose not to. Uh, they still made a good deal out of that SmackDown by turning it into the NXT invasion. But I still think it would have been a perfect opportunity for them to say, hey, We've got a lot of our men stuck overseas, so instead we're going to put the focus on our women this day, this episode, and we're going to have an all women's SmackDown. I think it could have been it, it could have been something that they bragged about as a first ever all women's SmackDown episode. You know? Yeah, they could have easily pulled that off. Uh, but but in the end, we still got some of the best storytelling that we got all year out of the NXT invasion. Oh, completely. Uh, completely. And, and that's, you know, once again, worth at least uh, highlighting how great that NXT Invasion storyline went. Um, and how even though you had to suspend uh, knowledge a bit and take a step back and say, hey, why are these people right now uh, coming into to SmackDown all as a unit when uh, half of them are competing against each other in a war games match into you know yeah yeah well and 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 that was awkward i mean that was awkward even the night before um you know before they're doing survivor series with a takeover mentality there were some people who were you know anti each other fortunately they did do a good enough job of not having them on the same teams except for the brand being the same team yeah um, I would say, in my opinion, Survivor Series was probably the best pay-per-view of the year um, because of NXT. I don't think that that it was independent of of you know the SummerSlam was okay, um, Extreme Rules was garbage. Please don't ever have couples wrestle in a match again for titles in a match. Agreed. That that might get like worst storyline of the year ahead of the one that you're trying to mention i maybe not i i am very much trying not to mention it uh but if we're talking worst storyline of the year there is one that's head and shoulders above anything else that happened there in my Rusev day oh wait that's not the good part of that story is it no one and the thing is it's it plays directly into it because going into this year we had rusev quite hot with rusev day yeah absolutely quite hot i mean it's it's crazy to think that right now we've got one of the worst storylines in in my memory uh in wwe right uh with the rusev lana bobby lashley divorce thing right do by far one of the worst storylines I think WWE has ever done. And they've done some really bad ones, right? But that's a perfect example. It's hard to remember that early on this year, we had the Aiden English turns on Rusev storyline that was really not good. No. (laughs) Well, it didn't elevate Aiden English. I mean, other than that, now you can have him be a commentator full-time. And it didn't... Yeah, it didn't elevate... 
be anybody. I'm like, that's the problem with some of these storylines. I don't know that, that Bobby's been elevated at all through no. that. But but inversely, if if you could uh, snap your finger and have it go back to the Aiden English storyline instead of the the Bobby Lashley storyline, wouldn't you do it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and maybe in turn elevate Aiden English at the same time. Yeah. Um, I would say the superstar of the year, in my humble opinion, goes to Kofi, though. I, I really think Kofi carried so much main roster WWE. Because I, I think once we transition to NXT, um, I will sing a million times more accolades than I'm going to sing about WWE. But I, uh, Kofi, Kofi and Becky definitely marqueed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, justifiably so. I think there were several times I said it was probably time for Kofi to lose the title, not and immediately move back to the mid card. That frustrates me. Um, but just to lose the title and then maybe get it back. I really thought the set, the Kevin Owens series with Kofi probably should have been a title exchange a couple times, maybe even throwing in a third person into that series of, of exchanges. I, I, I really think that WWE misses the boat on the ability to change titles quickly right now because they're trying to elevate titles by having them stay a long time. And I think it's stronger. I really think that that's what made the Attitude Era so strong is that they were elevating multiple stars to that championship caliber. Well, yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but, uh, you know, what hurts, there are lots of things that hurt the title. And one of them is hot-shotting it around too many people. But one thing that really can help build a title is when you have two top-level superstars that that can can hot potato the title back and forth between each other because it just comes down to who has the best night that night. You know what I mean? Uh, that they're so good that either one of them could win any given night. Uh, and so just whoever has the edge or whoever the... Um, the, the rules of the match or the, the gimmick of the match favors can win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, we, you know, back in the day, uh, Stone Cold hot-shotted the, the title back and forth with a couple people. And what did it yeah. do? It elevated them uh, up to his level and made them feel like big deal. The well, Rock. I would say, yeah, I mean, solidly in, in that era, The Rock and Stone Cold held the title the most. Mm-hmm. But suddenly we're elevating Mick Foley to um, not sideshow freak. Yep. Thank God, because he was he was better than sideshow freak. Um, we're re-enlisting Undertaker as a legitimate title contender a couple times, which in turn also enlists Kane into that category. And because of those two, we also elevate um, we also elevate uh, Big Show and and uh oh kurt angle uh stone cold almost single-handedly elevated kurt angle to angle that level other than kurt angle being that amazing Mm -hmm. and so um but yeah no i i would i would say that kofi definitely at least deserves to be in the discussion of uh uh wrestler of the year for main roster wwe um performer of the year for them um you know there was a time that a lot of people would say bray wyatt hands down uh would be uh that one i think this last couple months bray wyatt has cooled him quite a bit um i think when when 
Bray Wyatt debuted the new Mr. Rogers gimmick and everyone was talking about how much they loved it. Um, there was the part in the back of my mind was, yeah, this is going to be great until they ruin it. And WWE must have been reading my mind and saying, hold my beer. Well, yeah, I, I just, I would say he's the strongest, Bray Wyatt is the strongest storyline of the year. I just don't know that you can make him um, superstar of the year, you know? Like, I hate to I hate to fall in, in line with uh, w, WWE's mentality that these are not wrestlers, they're superstars. But, um, you know, if that's what they're going to call them, that's what we should call them. And at the end of the day, I still think Kofi's the superstar of the year. I think Bray is the storyline of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and very well might be. I'm going to throw out my potential for superstar of the year in main roster WWE, and it's probably going to shock you. Uh, if you say Rusev or Lana... It is not cut... Rusev or Lana. It's not going to be that shocking. <laughs> I, I think Roman. Really? I, I think... I think, and 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 part of it is uh, that main roster WWE had a horrible, horrible gift dropped right in their lap, for, and they were able to use it about as well as you can. And that horrible, horrible gift was his routine. Um, and, and well, now I'm just an asshole if I don't agree with you. <laughs> but but here here's why. Like, and and ultimately, this isn't a we choose one. Um, we all have our opinions, and Kofi is just as viable as as Bray is, and and Roman Reigns is. I just, for me, the storyline told and how WWE handled it, aside from one little hiccup in uh, uh, the beginning, the Ambrose storyline there, that yeah. that part there, uh, when he came back. They were able to handle it and capitalize on it uh, in a in a very appropriate way, a uh, very respectful way, um, and very and, elevated way, and very elevated. And and he now feels like the star that they always wanted him to be. Um, and the fans can be behind him again. Uh, not just with, the young people. Not just the young people without feeling like he's being pushed down our throats. Um, no, in fact, they haven't even done a title run for him yet. No, they haven't. And I think I think that plays into it very well there. Now, that being said, uh, they've done this whole storyline with him being the locker room leader but not having any uh, friends to help him. And I think that's hurting him right now, but... I think it's hurting him because he's he's going... I mean, here's the... the and I'll give you this, because his level of... Him and Baron Corbin both have a level of professionalism that is above what anybody gives them credit for. Because right now, they're the strongest storyline on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not saying much, but, but it's saying a lot. I mean, we we've said before... That one of the problems WWE has is uh, when they have good guys, they don't always uh, do what good guys should do. And this is a perfect example, right? Roman Reigns uh, is the locker room leader and is a good guy. And he's out there getting beat up uh, by uh, Baron Corbin and his lackeys. And no one comes out to help him. Um, yeah, this is you, Shorty Jesus. Yeah, this is the time for a Shorty G or an Ali or, uh, you know, I mean, we could go down the list of the good guys in the WWE SmackDown locker room that all should come out to help this guy. 
Um, and it doesn't mean they have to be in a long-term storyline. They can just come out to help. Like, how many times in classic Attitude Era WWE or, or WCW uh, did you have one of the heroes, one of the top babyfaces, come out to rescue some guy that wasn't part of a major storyline for that guy. It was that guy was getting beat up and the good guy came out to save the day. Um, and that's just, I th- just because that's what he's supposed to do. Because that's what good guys do. Good guys save the day. Sometimes it could even be a bad guy getting beat up by other bad guys and the good guy comes out to save the day because that's what good guys do is they save. Yep. Yep. And that and that happened numerous times back in the day. It also happened in nineteen ninety five when Diesel came out and was the hero every time somebody was getting beat up. Yep. And that was the weakest year in history for WWE. Yeah. So But so and that's the deal is I mean they they've got this ability to do that. Uh, and they just never do it. And I think that's the the biggest thing that's holding uh, Roman back right now is that he's supposed to be the good guy and he's the locker room leader and everyone's supposed to respect him and yet no one ever comes out to defend him at all. Um, yeah. And he can get triple teamed in the ring or quadruple teamed in the ring uh, and beat up and dog food poured on him and no one comes out to help him at all. But... Can you imagine a year and a half ago uh, this storyline happening with Roman Reigns? Uh, the crowd would have been 100% firmly on the bad guy's side. Oh, yeah, and on, on specifically Baron Corbett's side. I mean, uh, And that's why I think Roman at least deserves to be discussed in the superstar the male superstar of the year yeah. conversation. Category. Um, you know, whether whether you, you like him or not, uh, and he's not my favorite superstar on the main roster right now, but his performance this year has been exemplary, and I thought it was at least worth bringing up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't knock it. I, I still think it goes to Kofi, but I can't mm-hmm. knock that that option. You, and, and at the end of the day, you can't knock the Seth Rollins talkers either. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, if I, I mean, if if I had to give uh, a selection of, you know, the downside is we haven't really elevated a whole lot of other people with the exception of Kofi this year. Um, I don't, I, I, and I think we've demeaned some of them on that main roster. I think, I think we've reduced the value in Braun Strowman. Um, I think we've reduced the value. We've probably leveled out on the value of Baron Corbin. Um, and and so, I, you know, maybe you could say Bray, but uh, I thought Bray was great before. I thought he was world title worthy before. He just has a stronger storyline now because they let him write his storyline. Wow. And they and they don't have him lose all the damn time. Yeah. yeah they don't have him lose every time he gets a title. And they aren't back less guys which is a plus you know we don't have to live on Goldberg anymore um I would say there's still a toxic personality that is from South Dakota which is far too close to Nebraska for my taste to mention his name but I think there's a and and lives in Minnesota um but um I think there's a toxic personality that has a particular title around his waist right now that probably needs to be retired soon. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I don't even necessarily think he's a toxic personality. I think he's been allowed to negotiate a contract that is not 
conducive to the best interest of WWE. And he continues to maintain being able to have said contract, and that's mm-hmm. that's why I would call it toxic. Yeah. I mean, maybe right. a toxic contract is what we should say. What I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, in the end. I can't really blame him for taking advantage of the contract that VKM signed up for. Um, That's the toxic personality I was talking about. No, I'm just fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was excited when when the Cain Velasquez, that's the only time I've been excited about a uh, Brock Lesnar storyline was Cain Velasquez. And Um, look how that turned out. Well, Kane's not really in the ring anymore, and it had to happen in another country that nobody wanted to watch it. And it's <laughs> so, a tiny little splash match. So, yeah, that was, uh, again, that was not well done by VKM. That could have been really well done. Well, and so much of it was, it could have been really well done if they would have held off for a little bit. The problem is they rushed into it when Kane signed. Uh, even though they knew that Cain Velasquez had a knee injury and was going to need surgery um, and wouldn't be able to work really a full schedule match, right? If they would have had him come out, help Ray, and then build up this whole thing over the course of six months, allowing him time to rehab his, his knee injury and then built up for it around WrestleMania next year um, or SummerSlam, if they had to go even longer, uh, I think it could have been a hell of a storyline. Yeah, what a but, what an incredibly sellable match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, instead, you're you're trying to sell it for um, the product that that really, quite frankly, people intentionally don't watch when they pay for the the network. You know, well, and um, and the people in attendance don't know who any of these people are because they can't watch the program on a regular basis. Um, so, I mean, you could put schmoes out there, and for them, it'd be those names. Just as long as they look the same, we're okay. Well, heck, I mean, the simple fact is, it's been well publicized that for the first one of these, a year and a half ago, uh, he wanted Yokozuna to be there, despite the fact that Yokozuna's been dead for, like, ten years. Uh, and the Ultimate Warrior. And the Ultimate Warrior. he also requested Jake Roberts, Maybe. Maybe. He still could have come. Boy, can you imagine watching Jake Roberts in the ring now? Let's have him and DDP in a in a year-old match. match. <laughs> oh wait, we did have a year-old match. We had a couple of them. Yeah, we did, but we can talk about them. But instead, we're gonna transition a bit to talking about the women on the main roster. Let's do um, it. And I think. I think you can't uh, really argue that of the main roster women, Becky probably had the best year. Yeah, Becky is 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 female wrestler of the year for WWE. No, I, I think that's a no ifs, ands, or buts yeah. um, statement. Um, no matter how much I, I, Charlotte was extremely elevated by not being in the title picture. I think that's a surprise. But I really think it elevated her to not be in the title picture the whole year long. Um, I uh, I loved them elevating Asuka at one point. Um, they could have done a lot more with Asuka, but they... Yeah. And I don't hate her story right now. I really, for some reason, I don't. And I should, but I don't. And so... They've done a good um, job in accordance uh, elevating Kyrie Sane up now. Um, yes. So that, that's good. Yeah. Um, but at the same point, they also had Lacey Evans, who 
we've said before, she's not bad. So, some if people try to play it, off that she's bad, and she's not. If, if we did what they did at the beginning of the year with her, if they did that right now, I don't think I'd be so upset about it. Um, if if they did it she's right now, right now, if they did it right now, and instead of what they did earlier, did a series of uh, her coming out and squashing undercard. Um, yeah, I don't think we'd have as big of a problem. The the problem is she's not bad. She's she just wasn't ready to be a uh, title be, contender. Yeah, well, and and no history developed. No, yeah. okay. Well, Came guess... up from NXT and suddenly she's in the main main event, and so yeah. But yeah. but you know, you and I have talked before about her. She was just too green for that, and yeah. and she's a lot better now. Um, although. We'll, we'll have to give it a little bit of time because they're doing this whole face thing with her and I'm not sure I don't, it, dude, she may have been the best part of Smackdown this week though when she attacked Sasha, I dug that, and it could be the inner, it could be the parent part of me that did that, but I was just like oh, Lacey Evans is cool, like I was, I geeked out a little bit I, I, uh I became a smart um, pretty solidly in that moment. I was like, wow. So I will say she's strong enough now for me to go, wow, about Lacey Evans. Yeah. I still don't know if I'm 100% sold on her ring ability as of right now. I still think she, but she's definitely improved. Um, I I think Bailey deserves to be at least uh, brought up and talked about her heel turn has definitely freshened up her character and make makes her feel more important again. Uh, yeah, she's I, I real don't stale. I don't. Well, she was stale because being a hugger means you have to have interaction with an audience that she that you can't have at that level. Maybe that's what I should say. But, um, but yeah, it has freshened her up a little bit. I didn't like her interviews though. I just haven't loved them, and I don't know why. Well, she she'd do better to not interview, to be the the heel that just doesn't actually talk to the to the people. You know what I mean? Comes out, kicks ass. Maybe every once in a while delivers just a quick promo about how you guys can all kiss my ass or whatever, and then leaves. But but to do a whatever Carly Caruso comes up to her and says, hey, whatever, just just to look at them and why are you stop and walk away? You know. And that might not be a bad move. That would be actually really solid. So, but I, I, I do think, I think as a whole, I think we're in agreement on the top female of the year, top yeah. female match of the year. Um, I'm going to, I personally am absolutely as much as I love the Sasha Bailey, uh, Sasha versus uh, Becky match. Um, I'm still going to give it to WrestleMania. Um, not because of, not because of, uh, uh, Rhonda, but because of just the overall, those women put on a show and they main evented WrestleMania. That is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Well, Finally. and that's, and that's part of why WrestleMania in my book comes out as the, the top pay-per-view of the year. Um, okay. it just, it ended on such a great note where it's very, very few of the pay-per-views for WWE have ended on that good of a note this year. Uh, in fact, none of the recent ones have ended that well, you know? No. I mean, Some of them have ended rather poorly. Survivor Series ended pretty well, but, you know, we've talked about the ending to Hell in a Cell. Uh, Ad nauseum. 
talked about the ending to TLC recently. Um, but in the end, WrestleMania, it had three marquee matches that all three of them ended the way that the fans wanted them to end. Um, and and very rarely do we get that trifecta of happiness, of satisfaction. I can't get no... Sorry. But, you know, and we talk about Survivor Series. Survivor Series uh, was a good pay-per-view top to bottom, uh, but that makes a really good segue into part of why it was so good was NXT. If I'm going to give a match of the year candidate for NXT, hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts, in my opinion, I'm going to give this to Gargano, Cole, um, two out of three falls. Um, Wow. Um, And as much as I want to put Keith Lee in, because I think he's my, at the very minimum, he's up and comer of the year. He might be my my wrestler of the year for NXT. Um, But that Gargano Cole two out of three falls at TakeOver what was it was that TakeOver New Orleans was that uh, uh, New York New York right before right before Wrestlemania right that was epic best match of the weekend including the other matches that we just talked about at Wrestlemania yeah. that's how good it was well I will say that you do agree with what culture's Michael Hamflit on that he had that one rated as his best NXT match of the I, year. I didn't even look that up, but yeah. And uh, I would probably agree overall with that one. Uh, you know, the previous uh, Gargano Cole match was phenomenal. Um, the matches we've had recently with uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, even though they weren't on takeovers, were still phenomenal. The Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic versus Adam Cole one was great. Um, we're seeing best spot of the year was Tomasha Champa from the top of the cage, though, at War Games. Air Raid. In terms of, in, yeah, that air raid, uh, and which also has to go to Cole because Cole took that bump. Yeah. Uh, that spot was the best of the year. And it's tough not to give Cole wrestler of the year. Um, but. Yeah, you know, if, if you give Keith Lee newcomer of the year, then you give Cole the wrestler of the year. If you give Keith Lee wrestler of the year, then you give Cole the runner-up. Solidly, yeah. I mean that those two have elevated that show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, Keith Lee definitely is, like you said, newcomer of the year, most likely. Um, he he has come in and shown people why he was so popular on the indies. Uh, that here is a 300 pound man that moves like a 195 pound man. Oh, yeah. I, shades, uh, shades of uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, really. Uh, I don't even know if Bam Bam ever moved quite as good as Keith Lee. No, has. no he, he um, didn't. I mean, he, if he trained in modern day, he would have. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that, uh, Adam Cole being, being just simply when we listed the, our top four or five, matches of the year uh adam cole was involved in four of them you know uh in one way or another that says a lot about adam cole yeah um and and even going back to uh early in the year and even late last year uh adam cole had matches with ricochet that just blew my mind uh you know when he was able to deliver a, a super kick to ricochet in the middle of a moonsault 
um, you know, that that takes a level of skill and timing that is preternatural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. And and he is so good. He's so charismatic. Uh, the fact that he can be the bad guy and still have the entire crowd yelling boom on his entrance. You know, or says every time he says Adam, Bebe. somebody says Adam Cole, they say Bebe. Mm-hmm. In fact, podcasters insist on saying Adam Cole Bebe. Yep. <laughs> what was that? A three-week-long period we did it that way. I mean, yep. That was, uh, yeah. The guy, the guy's got. He, he did a segment. Well, the one we talked about with Doctor, with the psychologist, mm-hmm. where where he literally says Steve Smith Bebe. That's horrible. Adam Cole Bebe just works. Like everything, he's he says. Who who just closed out? Oh, that's right. It was Jericho, which we'll get to in a little bit. But everything he's he does touches everything mm-hmm. undisputed era right now. Really, it is more Adam Cole though, because I'm not. And I know you love Bobby Fish, and I know you love um, Kyle O'Reilly, and I know you know all of those guys. Um, I, I I think without Adam Cole, that the undisputed era never exists. I mean, I, I just. That's how good they are, right? Well, yeah, they don't exist as a group. Um, if if you go back to Ring of Honor and you watch uh, uh, Red Dragon with uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, you can see that they're just great together. And so they've got a long history. And they have a long history with Adam Cole, even though they really weren't paired with him in Ring of Honor. But they definitely knew him, and, and so they worked so well together. They were kind of brought in as a unit. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, he is kind of the glue that holds that group in its level. Um, I'm not saying they wouldn't be a group together uh, without him, but they wouldn't be top of the card without Adam Cole, baby. Baby. Mr. Baby. Uh, the world again. And so, uh, so yeah, and, and, and NXT has been phenomenal. Uh, recently, you know, we just had that match with Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Uh, that uh, Finn Balor, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> but uh, that that even though it didn't have uh, a definitive ending to it, really, it had. I mean, yeah, Adam Cole won, but he won based on the distraction by Johnny Gargano. So, yeah. um, speaking of, of Finn Balor. That's kind of my swerve of the year candidate in all of wrestling. I that kick heard around yeah. the world. Yeah. Uh, well, and then he know. did it again a few weeks later to to Mister Bebe um, yeah. that no one saw coming, and so so yeah, no. I and Finn Balor deserves to at least be uh, honorable mention for NXT, but he just hasn't been down there long enough to oh. develop enough. Uh, to say he, was, he was too misused in main roster to give him any awards in main roster. Exactly. Not that it was his fault by any means. Um, yeah. So I think I think we're basically in agreement. Adam Cole Bebe needs to be top of the list for. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give him wrestler of the year, but I am going to give Keith Lee definitely newcomer of the year or or elevated. You know, when when I gave Kofi the the. You know, rest of the year, it was based on the fact that he, he had elevated himself so much. Um, and I have to say the same for Keith Lee. I mean, that dude has put on and whole. He, he, there's something to be said for the Vince McMahon 
mentality of big guys lend legitimacy, and I think he does some of the him and Dijakovic, but specifically Keith Lee, um, do something to lend some legitimacy to um, to to NXT. I'm gonna when you talk about newcomer of the year, though, I'm gonna say Angel Garza has to at least be brought up. Well. Uh, by that standard, so does so does uh, Rhea Ripley, but I, she's in the female and Angel Garza. You know, he's just kind of an annoying little pipsqueak who I don't care for right now. So you're just <laughs> you're just sour grapes because you took the title off Leo Rush. I am absolutely have sour grapes about that. Uh, <laughs> but. Give, give me a couple weeks for Leo to get the title back on him, and then maybe I'll maybe I'll agree with you. But right now. No, he's an annoying little pipsqueak who took the title off the more deserving competitor. Oh, I don't think I've ever liked Leo Rush, and I love him. Yeah, but because he's you... he's nephew to Hector Garza, the WCW cruiserweight. Come on, man. Yeah. And I didn't win you over. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am exceptionally proud of Leo Rush actually becoming somebody I want to watch. Like, the... When when he was disappearing, I thought this is great. He's finally gone. I don't have to hear, <laughs> you know. Some people loved him as Bobby Lashley's spokesperson. I knew because I followed him a bit before his WWE uh, contract, and I knew he was capable of so much more. And they really weren't using him well that way. Oh. But he is the thing with Leo Rush is he is fast. He is faster than they even have lo- allowed him to be so far. Um, he can he can do some some of those moves faster than your eyes could really keep up to, and that's phenomenal, and that's worth at least talking about. Um, uh, as for the women, it's hard to not say Shayna Baszler um, has at least had the best year in I NXT. Female superstar of the year, though. Yeah, but she's had the best year. Uh, yeah. By by far. Um, I I would I would say Io Shirai deserves to be knocked about in this. Her heel turn kind of revolutionized her character. She was just a generic, you know, Japanese woman uh, until she turned on Candice LeRae, and uh, now she's someone you can hate. Uh, <laughs> Which you have to give her props for. Yeah, uh, I saw a video uh, the other day. It was from an NXT house show, and she was coming out, and she was doing her whole entrance thing, and uh, you could hear someone in the audience say, "Go back to China," and she just looked at him and said, "I'm Japanese, bitch." Um, and to which, to which you went, uh, "You like him? He's foreign. He's foreign." <laughs> Uh, so, but and I know I know your your pick for for female NXT of the year is going to be Rhea Ripley. Oh, absolutely, it's down. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's hard to really argue with it. What's that? It's hard to argue with it. She's uh, she's the current women's champion in NXT. Uh, she's had a phenomenal rise to the top. Um, the only reason that I think I give Shayna the edge on it is uh longevity rhea ripley's run really started in the last two months yeah (laughs) yeah i would agree with that and and shane has been not only at the top of the women's division but in the best matches of the women's division um in fact 
in fact, uh, that Put Culture list of the top 10 uh, NXT matches of the year only includes one women's match on it, and it's uh, Baszler versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, uh, and I, I was going to say that's the other person we need to talk about because she is elevated. She is the NXT NXT. That is so true. I don't have a clue what that means, but um, it, it sounds cool. So uh, It's her catchphrase, but she's the fastest, the strongest, I, and the bestest. I know that it's her catchphrase, but still. Bestest? Come on, man. You didn't even give me that. I, you get it, bud. You can have it. <laughs> Just like I'm going to spend time on it, but you can have it. Bestest. 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 Anyways. Okay. Yeah. No, we're. Did you not hear the part where I said we're not going to spend time on don't, it? Don't you know it's the age-old rule? You repeat a joke more times, it gets funnier every time. Yeah. That's that, science, that man. Rule, that rule only applies when I tell the joke. It's science. Anyways, but so yeah, I mean Bianca Belair at least deserves uh, talked about. She she started the year rough. And I wasn't sure she was ready at the beginning, but she definitely has proved me wrong by this I point. I love that she's on a little bit of a lull right now. Uh, her feud with Rhea was lights out. Um, I the the only thing I'll, I'll give Bianca Belair, I didn't enjoy her suddenly being on Team Baszler. That didn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, she wanted a title shot like moments before. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, William Regal uh, announces that there's going to be war games, you know, with women. And I mean, we all knew that was coming when it was happening. And suddenly Bianca Belair's pals with Shayna. Yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't make a ton of sense except for the fact that Bianca has been a heel her entire run. Uh, that's and that's so, the only reason it made sense. The, like, the real, the real reason it didn't make sense is they shouldn't have had her actually going after the title before that. Um, they should have had her stopping other people going after the title. You know what I mean? Just kind of what they did, but it's kind of not. You know, you you don't get a shot until I get another shot, sort of a thing. Rather yeah, than I deserve that. a shot. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just it was just a kind of thing. Like I don't know, I I just think they underused her for for that particular segment. Um, but yeah, I, Bianca Belair definitely needs mentioning. Um, well, yeah. and on the subject of Bianca Belair, uh, my wife will not stop asking me uh, where Bianca Belair gets that sparkly lipstick, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm not Bianca Belair tweet at her she's like well you can do it and i'm like you think i can get the answer for bianca <laughs> belair um she is probably more likely to answer that question coming from a girl yeah 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 it would only be creepy if you did it yeah but if bianca belair happens to listen to this episode and wants to tweet at me where she gets her sparkly lipstick it would make my wife very very happy it would also make you really happy i mean that means I, you'd get a response from Bianca Belair. I'd be mostly shocked that she listens to the show. Yeah, I'd be mostly just shocked. I'd probably just sit there with my mouth open for ten minutes. But bugs can fly in if you do that. Just you know, my own personal. It's protein. <laughs> oh no, I, I think as a whole, I, if I was going to give a worst of anything to NXT, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can give a whole lot of worst to NXT this year. Um, do there's, you have anything? There's not a ton of worst. I can say uh, the breakout tournament was, in my opinion, a low, low light for NXT, and mostly because um, it showed off a bunch of really, really talented people who, from a character standpoint, were not ready, and then one that was ready and then did not win the tournament. Um, and that's Angel Garza, by the way, but we've already talked about him. But you had Cameron Grimes, who uh, uh, is a phenomenal wrestler, but his character wasn't there and still isn't really there. And they're still trying to figure him out. Um, and then the winner, of course, was Jordan Miles, whose entire character, as far as I can figure, was Smiley Blackman. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And the events since then have gone to kind of support that. And I don't know how much you followed the Jordan Miles saga, uh, but they released merchandise for him that was his name uh, in the shape of a smile on the mouth of a black man that was very, very reminiscent of the old uh, Little Black Sambo cartoons with the smiley black man. And they they claim he signed off on them. He claims that he said no to them and they released him anyways. Uh, and then he accused WWE of being racist and demanded out of his contract. And then uh, they, they said no. And then he continued to spout about how racist WWE is and how they don't care about black people. And they eventually released him. And then he signed with uh, MLW, I believe, and uh, was set to work a match with them and then released a uh, expletive-filled uh, video about how he's quitting wrestling because wrestling is a racist uh, thing entirely. And uh, last I heard, he was officially retired from wrestling and going to go do his own thing. Um, and, you know, more power to him. If he wasn't happy and he wasn't comfortable uh, with it, you know, go do your own thing. Uh, if that's the best thing for your mentality, your mind, I'm all for it. Um, some people will go into whether they uh, think it really was racist or not. Um, but I've always kind of lived with the standpoint that um, it is not uh, my... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't get to decide what's racist to a black person, right? A black sure. person gets to decide what's racist to a black Um, I don't get to decide what's sexist against women uh, because I'm not a woman. Uh, women get to decide what's sexist. So if he felt like he was being treated racist, uh, then uh, who am I to uh, say otherwise in that case? Um, so the, my only fear of that is is there are wrestlers we know that have used that mentality to elevate themselves mm -hmm. um, and that would be unfortunate but um, but I, I will say him accusing WWE of being racist um, uh, in this situation did make me think well his entire character seemed to be smiley black man um, you know where um, there are very few white superstars that you um, a smiley white guy. Smiley white guy, right? But I probably could, if I really thought about it, fill all of the digits on one hand with WWE black superstars whose whole 
character is Smiley Black Guy. Um, and Apollo Crews is a perfect example of it. Re- remember, um, there is also there is also Black Guy who says damn. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. The attitude Black Guy. Good Lord. So, so, but God. in the end, Jordan Miles, the winner of their breakout tournament, is no longer with the company. And that definitely is a low light in the year for NXT. Yeah, um, I'll agree with that. So, but on that note, I think we shall move on to uh, the talk of the year, uh, which is all elite wrestling. Boy, did this elevate all of wrestling. Yes, it did. Uh, um, man, we, I, go ahead. We've talked a lot about um, how competition makes everything better, right? Uh, competition's good for everything. And this is a perfect example. NXT as a product um, right now would not exist as the same product if AEW got around. We would not be getting uh, NXT on USA Network on Wednesday nights live if AEW did not exist. And that's that's undeniable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, that's, um, I guess, congratulations to Vince for trying to be an alpha male still um, and trying to make this work that way because um, what a blessing for all of us as wrestling fans that AEW does, in fact, exist right now. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, even if you don't like AEW's product, because I'll be the first to admit it's not for everybody. There are product, there are things that they do on their product that some people, uh, Jim Cornette, for example, will never like, uh, no matter what. And and more power to you. If you don't like it, that's fine. Because I've never said that you have to like Orange Cassidy, that you have to like Joey Ryan or, or you know, any of that, or Luchasaurus, right? Um, the oh, joy you, of wrestling, you have to you have to like Luchasaurus. The joy of wrestling is that you don't have to like anything, right? Uh, really? That that you and I can can openly on our podcast say that we're not Daniel Bryan fans, and uh, that that does not disqualify us from being wrestling. Uh, that I can say that I am a Sting fan through and through from my early days. And just because you might not be a Sting fan does not disqualify either of us from being fans of wrestling. You can be a Stone Cold man, and that's great. That's why there's such variety in wrestling. AEW is not for everyone. Some people will not like a lot of the matches that AEW puts on. But um, even if you don't like AEW, you need to take a moment and say thank you for AEW. Because if AEW did not exist, we would not have got that... uh, uh, Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver that got. That whole thing would not have happened that way. We would have not got that match with Angel Garza versus Leo Rush. That whether you liked the outcome of it or not, you can agree was a phenomenal match. Uh, without without, NX, without AEW, NXT would not be live Wednesday nights on USA Network. Finn Balor would probably not have got back down to NXT. Uh, he would still be wasting away on the main roster. Um, and we would not have got Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, right? Baby. Yes, baby. <laughs> so that you don't get confused. Um, and, and in the end, even if you're not a fan of what AEW is doing on the screen 
or in the ring. You should be thankful they exist because they are allowing what you like, NXT, to be better and be out there where people can see them and i think that will bleed to main roster eventually in terms of storylines and whatnot um i don't think it has yet for whatever reason but i i do think that eventually that bleeds over to the the tv we already love Mm -hmm. um that said you know there there's something to be said for um the gift that Moxley gave us, in fact, mm-hmm. not because we didn't love Dean Ambrose, but because it elevated the show, which elevates all of wrestling. And I know, I know for a deep down inside, I am 100% sure Vince McMahon is still pissed off about him jumping ship. But I just, I mean, I think you have to accept that that was good for wrestling. Oh, Prop- it definitely was better than Jericho is the champion of AEW. Quite possibly. I mean, the simple fact is uh, I liked Dean Ambrose. I love John Mock, right? Amen. Dean Ambrose, you could tell uh, for the last year and a half, Dean Ambrose was basically just kind of there. You know? Uh Uh, He was not happy in WWE. Uh, He was just doing his job and all that stuff. You can see him now and he obviously loves what he he Absolutely. he just looks like he's having the time of his life even when he's getting the crap beat out of him right um and i mean on that note it's hard not to at least say that uh in the the category of match of the year for AEW, moxley versus omega from both year um i'd give you that e- even though it it didn't technically count because it was a lights out match that match brutal and uh, had such great storytelling in it and even the stuff that might not have been really dangerous still looked dangerous um i mean there are so many little things in it uh and and moxley is having the time of his life and kenny omega got to do a match that he's not known for and still uh be the best bout machine that he is you know, it's hard not to at least argue that that deserves to be talked about match of the year. Yeah, uh, it, I think it. I think that there is probably more argument for AEW, um, not just for match of the year, because I I would contest that the twenty minute time limit draw between Cody and. Uh, uh, Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby Allen is probably my match of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the hardest thing about this is going to be, I mean, we would have to break down categories of of several different wrestlers to give everybody truly the props that they deserve for, for, for wrestler of the year. Um, because of matches like that, um, I think, I think, it, it's tough to not give Mox the credit that Mox deserves for bringing on, for bringing that extra attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, uh, I, I can't call him the wrestler of the year. Um, not when Cody's done what he's done. Not when, not truthfully when, when Jericho's reinvented himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, that match was lights out. Um, <laughs> I can't see what you Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know that I can call it match of the year. <laughs> like, there's that good of matches elsewhere. Um, oh. I even enjoyed Jungle Boy, you know, the Jungle Boy 10-minute time limit draw, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which which all that did was elevate Jungle Boy and didn't at all hurt Jericho. In fact, it made Jericho's character that much more hateable and, and beloved by fans at the same time, you know? Um, that temper tantrum was cold this week. Just gold. Uh-huh. Both of his temper tantrums that he's at have been just perfect. But um, I, on the mic, I would say Jericho's best best this year. But in terms of matches, are, are you literally saying that that, that that dark match was the best match of the year? Oh, I'm saying it has to be in the conversation. Um, it is in the I, conversation. I, I, but... don't, I don't think I can definitively. I mean, the problem is. I, I don't know if I can name one that is definitively match of the year for AEW. Um, but that's a testament to the variety that they've had. Um, yeah. uh, Cody versus Dustin. Oh, yeah. Talk about. Uh, that match at Double or Nothing was brutal and bloody. Um, and probably bloodier than they expected it to be. Um, and, and absolutely phenomenal. Um, you mentioned the Darby versus Cody match. Uh, was absolutely great. Moxley versus Joey Janela from Fighter Fest. It was a lights out match. <laughs> Definitely deserves to be. I mean, Joey Janela might might arguably be on the list of breakout stars for AEW. Um, and and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus definitely deserve to be on that list. Yeah. Uh, well, I before think Darby AEW, Allen. Yeah. Before AEW, uh, most people didn't know who Luchasaurus was at all. Right? No. Almost nobody knew Jungle Boy, right? Nope. With the exception of Luke Perry's son died, or Luke Perry died, and his son's a pro wrestler. Yeah, exactly. And Joey Janela had a following on the indies, um, but the main mainstream people, most people didn't know anything about Joey Janela. No. Like you said, Darby Allen. Most people didn't know anything about Darby Allen, right? And these people came in through AEW and have shown the world that outside of WWE, there are still wrestlers that can put on phenomenal matches um, that that WWE, for whatever reason, doesn't believe, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, I, but here's the, I mean, in terms of breakout, there's so much breakout. I mean, early on in the, the advent of our podcast, in fact, probably the character who made us want to do the podcast the most was... Um, creating this character or discovering a character that was in the uh, battle royal um, as the 22nd member of a 21 of a 21 member battle royal in Orange Cassidy. I mean, we have to give him at least props enough to say we started talking more wrestling, enough wrestling as a whole because we wanted to talk every night about what we'd seen in indie Orange Cassidy matches. Mm-hmm. Because of that, we discover how great we discover what I think both of us could say, not just the best heel in AEW, which we didn't give those awards to WWE because there's not really great ones right now, but the best heel in all of professional wrestling. And I, at one point, accidentally said Chris Jericho this year, and you went Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who's also a guy that you have to take a look at and go, God, newcomer of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, I think, the power that AEW has brought is 
not just giving WWE a competition, but also giving an outlet for these people that WWE hasn't discovered or passed over to show that WWE is not the only uh, way to go. That you can be a Joey Janela and do it all on the indies and and establish yourself as as a force to be reckoned with. Uh, you can be a Darby Allen and start on start as a professional skateboarder and then turn to wrestling and develop this very unique style. Um, you can be an Orange Cassidy who does phenomenal comedy That's matches. Scary. Probably the best character work in in wrestling right now, um, and with at the, the exception same point, of maybe MJF, at the same point uh, can wrestle. And I think that was yeah. the great thing uh, this last week with Dynamite is they allowed, or was it Dark? I think it was Dark. Um, they allowed Orange dark. Cassidy to actually wrestle some, where instead of just doing his uh, gimmick, his slothy gimmick, he actually. Um, did some some wrestling moves, some uh, arm drag takedowns, and and uh, set out power bomb. I think you know. I mean, he did did a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, Tilt World DDT, you know, things like that, and showed that he is he's not just a gimmick wrestler. He is a wrestler who has a good gimmick. Um, like you mentioned, MJF is is definitely worth talking about as breakout of the. Um, yeah, yeah. Gets, and, and I think hands down, I think there's there's not a person on the planet who has seen enough MJF to not say heel of the year. He is heel of the year. He is so easy to hate that I love it. Mm-hmm. With the exception of maybe Seth when he's a face. Yeah, it's, he is very easy. Seth on Twitter is extremely easy to hate. <laughs> very easy to hate. Incredibly easy to hate. <laughs> so... So yeah, and that's that's why I think whether you're an AEW or an NXT or a WWE fan, you should thank AEW for existing because it is making your wrestling better. Yeah, uh, yeah. it brought it brought a it brought the Japanese product to the states is what it did. And, uh, and we haven't even really talked about the women in AEW yet. Um, and some people would argue that the women's division is probably AEW's weakest weakest side. Um, uh, but, like, I wouldn't have been able to have told you who Hikaru Shida was uh, before AEW came along. And now she's one of my favorite women's wrestlers on the planet, right? Um, Chris I, I had no clue who Nyla Rose was, Chris Statlander. Nobody except for people in France knew who Shanna was. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't even big on the UK circuit. Not really. And she's one of the biggest stars, female stars, up and comers in AEW. And she's got what three, four weeks under her belt right now. Something like that, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, Nyla Rose has quickly become probably my favorite big woman. Um, however, Chris Statlander's in that category now. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. It is so much fun to watch. Um, and yes. They have had some stinkers, and yes, not all of their uh, performers yet are maybe to the level of uh, the overall WWE women's division. Um, But keep in mind, WWE has had 40 years to uh, develop a women's division, and and they took 20 of them to not do anything, and then... Uh, 15 of them to uh, do uh, Ron Panty's matches. Um, And only in the last five years have really devoted to 
putting together a real woman's division. But that's still a five-year head start on what AEW has yes. right now. It's yeah. only going to get better as time goes on, as they uh, figure out their need, as they figure out their style um, for the women. But I'm super excited for what there has. That AEW. said, the other thing that AEW did, and I don't think we talked about this in WWE for a reason, with the exception of Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish, we didn't talk tag teams. And we didn't talk tag teams because they're not enjoyable in WWE. Um, we have buried in WWE, just reverting back, we have buried one of the best tag teams in the world in um, uh, the huh, revival. Thank you. The revival. Um, we've enjoyed the comedy skit that is the New Day, um, but it doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Um, tag teams are used as ways to get singles wrestlers over most times and uh in a feud i mean how many we've seen more marquee tag team matches that were that were the main event match that were hey this guy's gonna gonna go against this guy sunday at the pay-per-view um but they're gonna tag together tonight we saw more of that this year than we saw um tag team title matches as a main event match um and that weakness that exists in WWE is a incredible strength in AEW right now. Um, so for the first time tonight, I'm going to ask you, who's your pick for tag team of the year? Well, yeah, it's tough. I mean, tag team of the year, like you said, we basically have to uh, limit it to AEW, not by choice, but uh, by, by necessity. Because, yeah. you know, I, there's... There's literally no tag team on WWE that with the exception has had of Austin Kyrie. Yeah, but even that was really just kind of thrown together. Yeah. Hey, these well, two people—they're both Japanese, so poor writing hurt the Iconics in the women's. Yep. Um, uh, I I wasn't I wasn't keen on Sa I I enjoyed Sasha Sasha and Bailey being the first women's tag champs, uh, but I wasn't keen on them. You know. They're good enough. They're, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, but, I yeah, think... I think... I think tag team has to go to AEW somewhere, but who, who do you think it is? I... I it's hard it's not Nick, to... I'm going to smack you. Well, uh, unfortunately, I, you're probably going to want to smack me. Not necessarily because I like them, but the simple fact is, without them, the AEW tag division would be what it is, right? Uh, they so more of a the... role than a best... Yeah, they are the driving force behind AEW having that tag division, right? Um, and I think it shows a lot of how selfless they are. And I'll include Cody and Kenny Omega in this as well, how selfless they as a whole are in the fact that uh, they don't have the titles. Yeah. Never, um, ever, ever had a title. Yep. And, and uh, they've been in... Uh, precisely one tag team title match, which, uh, happened, this week. which happened this week, um, lost. And, and they lost cleanly to SoCal Uncensored, which helps elevate them uh, some more. Which, by the way, they're all having Christmas dinner together this Wednesday. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. They're good friends. The show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but so so that's where where you know whether they're the best tag team in AEW. Oh, that's really tough. Because, I mean, the Lucha Bros 
definitely have to be in the discussion. Um, that was where my discussion was headed, at least. Um, you know, I uh, you best you, friend. best friends are definitely your gimmick is literally calling yourselves the best best friends with each other, and 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 it's over immaculately. Yeah, I told you your ringtone is their theme song, right? Yes, you told me. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, I I see how it is. I'm not your best friend. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a big boy. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, boy and his dinosaur definitely at least needs to be talked about, even though they don't have a great record. Uh, if only from how over they are. You know, they arguably might be the most over tag team in AEW, uh, despite the fact that they don't win. I don't uh, know. I think Scorpio Sky has put SCU as the most over right now, maybe. But yeah. um, I don't know. There's there's a lot to be said about AEW's tag division as a whole. Um, I don't know that we could name that many teams that we enjoy in WWE. No. But I love me some SCU. Hey, 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 to be perfectly honest, I bet you um, we couldn't name that many permanent tag teams in WWE, not counting NXT. Period. Not even that we like. Just period. Oof. We may have to accept that challenge on the next show because it okay. will take some dead air to do. It would take a lot of thinking. <laughs> a whole, whole lot of, um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, the tag division is phenomenal. Um, and probably the weakest tag so far, tag uh, team in AEW, is uh, in the midst of building to potentially be one of the better tag teams. And that's the Dark Order. Um and that's mostly because uh, early on their gimmick fell very, very, very. Um, but what they're doing right now, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's great. Ooh. Oh, this is this is this is Firefly Funhouse good. Like so, the interruptions and matches and everything. This is good. This is so very good. That's a perfect example of AEW being smart enough to listen and be like, hey, this isn't working right now. What do we need to do to fix it? Um, and I, I'm i a big believer that I think if the same thing had been happening in WWE to a tag team, they would have pulled the plug on it by now. It wouldn't have been, how do we fix it? It would have been, this isn't working, do something else. Do you think, do you, and this is a, this is a legit, um, business question and probably again our first of the night um, that that doesn't isn't wise Vince an idiot um, do, you, do you think Tony Khan structured the contracts for wrestlers differently in AEW to allow for tag teams to matter um, you know one, one of the big beefs that that people have about WWEs when when tag teams happen, they're short matches. They're not something that they put a lot on TV, um, and they didn't want to put them on TV. And here's why: I mean, Vince didn't want them on TV because he had to pay four wrestlers instead of two for that television appearance. Um, I think perhaps Tony Khan may have structured those contracts to not be appearance or time on television related, but more, you know, you're uh, you're getting this money. And you're just getting this money. Yeah. I, th I think a lot Other of it comes down not. to to the difference between Tony Khan and Vince McMahon comes down to this. Vince McMahon is a businessman who 
happens to run a wrestling company. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan who happens to be business. business. Yeah, and I Um, think that maybe is true. You know, there are pictures uh, that of ECW events back in the 90s. You can find Tony Khan in the crowd, you know? Wow. Um, He is a he is a diet in the wool, hardcore wrestling fan. And I think he loves it from all angles. And and he loves tag team wrestling. And I'm I'm relatively convinced that I don't think Vince McMahon actually likes wrestling. He likes money and wrestling's how he makes it, right? Whereas Tony Khan likes wrestling and feels that good wrestling will make him. Um and 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 that uh, might be splitting hairs a bit, but but I think that Tony Khan's approach to this is based off of if we create a really good wrestling product, we will eventually be very profitable from it. Whereas Vince McMahon is, if we're very profitable from wrestling, then we must have made a good product, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it does. I mean, um, you know, obviously in my in my reality career, I'm going to speak in my kayfabe career, but in my reality career, um, you know, that applies very, very deeply to me. Now, in my kayfabe career, if if I was genuinely passionate about the law of wrestling, you know, um, and I am, <laughs> uh, you know, the money follows that. Um, but if if I was doing a podcast to get rich, yeah. which I'm not, I'm doing a podcast to talk with one of my favorite people to talk about wrestling to with my favorite person to talk about wrestling that I love um, because I enjoy talking with with my favorite person about wrestling you know like that's it Um, I don't if we get rich that's great but more importantly we just really really enjoy wrestling and and you're right that does make complete sense Um, I mean the simple fact is you and I would probably spend about the same amount of time talking wrestling each week before we had the podcast we just now record it and put it out there for other people to listen and structure it and structure it and pretend to be detectives and lawyers yeah absolutely we didn't really do that much role playing on our phone conversation before. Well, we did, but that's a different. It was a different type of role playing. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> okay, but I get to be little Bo Peep. Ah, you twisted my arm. <laughs> so anyway, no, I, and, and I think that there's there's definitely something to be said. Now, I am annoyed by by AEW's. We talked a little bit about titles don't have to matter or earlier this season uh, or earlier this year on on a WBU um, I am a little bit annoyed by the records matter for three man matches or three person matches triples I think is what mm-hmm. AEW is calling them triples and there's not a triples championship I think that would be difficult to do um, but there's I love the and and We've harped this, we've beat this horse that's very dead until it, until it's noticeable right now. I mean, there are, what, six factions right now in mm-hmm. AEW? Um, let's see, Dark Order, uh, Blade Bunny. Dark Order officially Butcher. became a faction this week, right? Yep, yep, officially. So um, they got a third member, so. Butcher, Bunny, and Blade, uh, okay. the Elite. So- the elite the, uh, inner circle puts us at four SCU puts us at five 
Uh, Royal family te- technically counts separate from the elite. Yeah, you could argue that. Uh, but the a boy, a boy and his dinosaur Jurassic Express. That's yeah, three. That, that counts. Two, six. Six. Um, we've got the Nightmare Collective. Mm-hmm. Seven. Um, and they're behaving like factions, with the exception of a couple of those that are working towards it. STU behaves like the Freebirds, mm-hmm. not like a faction. Um, but most of them behave like a faction, and that's impressive too. Um, the elite is probably the least factiony of the factions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. I I think AEW does a lot of proving us right sometimes. <laughs> We are geniuses, and they're showing it. Thank you, AEW. Maybe, maybe we're just observant, but we talked about this before AEW showed us that they were going to use factions. Yeah. Um, and in WWE, if you include NXT, I don't think you can name seven. I think I don't think if you included NXT and included um, New Day, I don't think you could get to seven. Yeah, it'd be hard. So. In fact, I'm 100% positive you couldn't. Corbin sort of has a faction right now. Sort of. But, I mean, if you go back this whole year, he's had, like, five. Yeah, just different versions of the mid-card of Needle. Uh. <laughs> but that's the deal. Now, all AEW really has to do to prove that I'm a genius is bring back Cyclope. And uh, then... <laughs> he's there, dude. He's backstage. Bring him back. Bring him back and it'd be Cody. I'm giving you this idea, Cody. Listen to me. <laughs> to be Cyclope? Yes. For one match. For one match. For the AEW the title. title. That's his his uh, his twist. Cody doesn't challenge for the AEW title. Cyclope challenges for the AEW. against the guy that Cyclope went against before. Mm-hmm. I think what, what what would be even more entertaining than that is if Jericho was like, no, 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 I've been through this before. <laughs> Exactly. Take off that mask. You can't be. Come on, I know Dean. it's you, Dean. Stop it, Dean. <laughs> that would that would be fantastic. I I'll admit it. That would be entertaining. Yes, it would be. So, but uh, what what are we at on time here? Are we doing okay? Uh, we have more time? Do we want to talk some some indie or no? You know, I think if we get into indie, we might go down a, a black hole of talking. I mean, the simple fact is, independent wrestling's been phenomenal. Uh, the the only downside to AEW um, has been some of the indies have started to feel like they're just a feeder system to AEW, and and at least in their minds feel like their top talent is pilfered. Um, in the end. Uh, the, the way the system works, the way the system always has worked, is as your talent moves on to the bigger pastures, uh, new talent shows up. So for every Chris Statlander that gets pulled up to the main roster, there's going to be a new person who shows up and uh, just wows people. I mean, Chris Statlander uh, just had her last match for Creative Pro this week. Um, Creative Pro is the uh, uh, group that she started with and trained her uh, and uh, she had her final match with them and uh, she's moving up to AEW full time and they're going to create a new star and that yep. star maybe even better and 
to be perfectly honest, Chris Statlander, before she found Creative Pro, didn't know anything about professional wrestling. And now she's going to be on the main stage. And that's the joy of this business, is that people can discover it from all walks of life. It doesn't matter if you're a uh, gymnast or a fitness model like Alexa Bliss was, um, or uh, the daughter of a WWE legend like uh, Charlotte Flair. Who, who, who was the dad? I'm just messing, dude. I know, I know that Bret Hart was her dad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just common knowledge. <laughs> um, you you can come from almost any walk of life and and discover wrestling. And you know, DDP when he started training to be a professional wrestler was yeah in his mid 30s um already considered by some people to be past his prime and he went on to not only have a long career in professional wrestling and be a multi-time world champion uh but still be involved in helping people's careers survive even longer um and still be involved in AEW so yeah well i mean was able to create a yoga program to help people out, which I know is what you were talking about. Hashtag still not sponsored DDP yoga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to absolutely. throw some free lessons our way. Um, anyone who's seen us in real life knows we could probably use. We probably won't. I mean, unless it's live, I will do DDP yoga with DDP if he does it live and I will die during the process, but I will do DDP yoga with him. And I will film it. <laughs> uh, you don't want to feel the bang? Oh, the only bang I'd be feeling is my knees going out. Just think, at the end of it, you could do a self-high five. At the end of it, I could do a self-dial for an ambulance. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, we could talk about the indies, but in the end... Um, you and I don't get to watch enough indie. There's only so many hours in the week, and with three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, uh, two hours of SmackDown, um, as well as all of the other stuff uh, that we have going on in our lives, including our real-time jobs and family, we don't get to watch nearly enough indie. Um, I would love to have a subscription to Beyond Wrestling um, and get to watch uh, their Uncharted because um, I think they've, I mean, a lot of the stars of AEW got their start on Beyond Wrestling uh, or Bar Wrestling with Joey Ryan um, or uh, CZW or uh, uh, Combat uh, Zone Wrestling. Um, uh, what's the other one that I was going to say? GCW, Game Changer Wrestling. Um, you know, there's so many great independents out there, uh, and we could we could talk for hours on them. Uh, but I think I'm gonna lump them all. Uh, independent wrestling is uh, killing the game right now, and if it wasn't for indie wrestling, we wouldn't have AEW. And if we didn't have AEW, NXT I mean, would be really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, WWE can claim they created as many stars as they do through through uh the the power plant i mean i mean uh their nxt uh performance center but uh but in reality um you know uh uh ember moon wrestled on the indies as athena uh candace LeRae 
got her start on the indies. Shayna Baszler got her start in MMA and then moved on to the indie. Um, you know, uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor, indies and, and New Japan. You know, so uh, WWE can try to claim that they create their own stars, but in reality, they need the independent scene uh, as much as all the other ones do. So, um, so don't take this as us uh, ignoring the indies. Take this as us uh, acknowledging all of the independents for their importance to the uh, mainstream wrestling products that we love, and keep killing the game. And hopefully they will uh, invent more hours in the day for us to start watching more of it. Or, you know, keep making the Daniel Bryans and the, the CM Punks and the, those, those characters of the world that everybody so avidly watches and falls in love with and, and really just enjoys seeing um, on all of wrestling. Because as you make those, your product gets more exposure. We're in a world where where indie wrestlers do get exposure. Um, and for that, we have to give them at least props because that means their indie their indie product gets exposure too. Um, just the other day, we were talking about potentially going to a Magnum match, which is an indie here in Nebraska. Um, we wanted to go see... Um, or maybe not C, because I don't think it's a physical location, but the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, we actually looked stuff up that we never would have looked up. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, more than just, hey, Sting was born in Omaha. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, that's our tie to professional wrestling. Sting was born here. Uh, didn't really live here for very long and didn't do any of his wrestling training here or anything like that. And claimed to be from SoCal and everything, but, uh, but he was born here. Never really actually been to Omaha after after that, except for when the tour brought him there. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's born here. But but he's a Nebraska boy. Which we do a lot in Nebraska, just so everybody knows. Yeah, it's a lot. Nebraska Jeff. doesn't have a whole lot of claims to fame, uh, except for uh, the people who were born here and then went elsewhere and got famous. <laughs> it's it's between that, the Cornhuskers, and the guy who created Kool-Aid. <laughs> That is true, fans. You should know that Kool-Aid is a Nebraska original. We have a celebration for it here. Uh, and a museum. <laughs> well, there's more to that museum than just Kool-Aid. Uh, it's a wing pretty, of a museum. The entire basement of said museum is dedicated to Kool-Aid. That makes us pretty epic, I think, as a whole. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, it does, but... Let's just kind of overall, your above all, all of the main rosters, AEW, NXT, WWE, who would you say wrestler of the year? Wrestler of the year, AEW, NXT, WWE. Um, I want to give it to Cody, but I think I'm going to give it to Adam Cole. Bebe. Mr. Bebe. Well, that's okay, because I'm going to give it to Cody. So um, I want to give it to Cody because Cody, I mean, has created Cody has elevated wrestling probably more than I would say Cody is on par with Hulk Hogan, 80s, Stone Cold, 90s, um, Vince McMahon, 80s uh, in terms of business. 
um, Eric Bischoff 90s in terms of business um, Paul Heyman in terms of I mean I w- I'll say Cody is is MVP of all of wrestling for 2019 I will say Adam Cole Bebe is the wrestler that's a fair distinction fair distinction so um, I'm still going all in on Cody uh, I and, and I would say female wrestler of the year is is probably well is not probably is definitely Becky Lynch Ah, I'd um, agree there. But speaking of which, we we should give a little bit of props in the AEW division to their one and only female champion of all time, um, Riho. Mm-hmm. Uh, 98 pounds of just absolutely entertaining, wonderful matches. Uh, we didn't give you enough props. We probably should have because you were, were, were well-known, and we talked about it being kind of an up-and-comers division right now. Also should give props to their their female version of Chris Jericho that doesn't have the title on her right now. Uh, thank you. Awesome Kong for coming in, uh, elevating that division. Um, and Brandy Rhodes, I don't know what you're doing, but let awesome Kong be awesome. Now, now to take a step back from wrestler of the year, I will, um, give the honorable mention to, uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, if only because Chris Jericho has, uh, done just a phenomenal job of understanding where he fits in the scheme of things right now. Um, Chris Jericho still can put on a great match, still uh, can deliver the best promos in the business, but he also understands that his position in that company is not just about putting on good matches, but about elevating these up and And comers. And he knows that. that and he does it. And he deserves a lot of credit for what he does. You know, he made uh, Darby Allen look like an all-star this last week. Uh, well, this uh, this last week was Jungle Boy, wasn't it? Well, Jungle Boy, yeah, but uh, Darby yeah. Allen the time before. A couple weeks ago, yeah, um, yeah, and he has. I mean, he he made made Sammy. He wasn't the reason, or Sam, he didn't make Sammy Guevara take the fall. Um, against SEU when he wanted to double when he wanted to be uh, Chris mm-hmm. Two Belts or yeah. Jericho Two Belts um, you know he, he took the fall uh, in turn elevating uh, Scorpio Sky yeah. yep. you know um, this man is is doing his part whether there's gold around his waist or not he is doing his part to elevate so many incredible wrestlers absolutely incredible wrestlers um and and so yeah i'll give you that that i'll give is that is that for wrestler of the year or runner-up for mvp um probably best do an mvp because it's it's about more than just his in in ring performances it's about overall everything like even when you go behind the scenes and you talk about um uh, him uh picking the people for the inner circle you know he hand chose uh uh santana ortiz to be in the inner circle he hand chose jake hager to come in and hand chose sammy guevara to be uh the up-and-comer in that division um that's another guy that deserves some props for his his just I'm gonna be here to elevate the wrestlers is Jake Hager, mm-hmm. and I know people think he's the muscle, but no, he lends he lended credit the other night to um, Luchasaurus. He can't be in a in a in an actual match. He can't take bumps. He can't, but he does lend. He elevates the whole concept. And, and how brilliant is it to not have him talk at all? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked so, in the past. So, yeah. So, and then even outside of AEW proper, Chris Jericho on his podcast has done uh, so much to help elevate the business just in general. Yeah. Um, and to elevate the product of AEW, you know, his interview with uh, Moxley, um, you know, got people talking uh, about the business and everything, his interviews with everyone. And so he definitely deserves being talked about as well. Yeah, yeah. I, the other thing to, to mention or ask, I guess, so we've given a, a wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, um, and who's your wrestler of the year? You're separate from. from well, I the... I said I I gave it to Cody both ways. Okay. Like okay. So, um, is there an MVP that you give to WWE in WWE? An MVP in WWE? It's tough. I mean, it's tough overall. I, I you know, probably Daniel Bryan to be perfectly honest. Really. Um, if if only because I think Daniel Bryan is fitting the same mold that we've been talking about with uh, Chris Jericho right now um, in many ways. He understands that he is in a position to help elevate people. So um, he had handpicked Mustafa Ali to be his uh, uh, opponent uh, for the world title. And then Mustafa Ali got injured. And he was the one who went in and spoke up for Kofi yeah. uh, and, and led to this great Kofi run as as champion. Yeah. And in the end, that if Daniel Bryan didn't do what he did backstage and help elevate, like he, he even apparently uh, went in for um, uh, Buddy Murphy and tried to, you know, say, hey, we need to bring Buddy Murphy up. He's He's been a very vocal proponent of a lot of the uh, up-and-comers in WWE. And so I think that's why I would give him MB overall. Uh, but on top of it, his heel run as the, the Planets champion um, and then his loss to Kofi has got to go down as one of the major ma- points of the year. Um and then his return now has people really excited. So, I it, I can't argue with that. I do have to give at least a couple honorable mentions. Uh, Trips is bringing wrestling back to sports entertainment, and so Triple H definitely gets some of that. And in terms of truly an honorable mention that does exactly what you just mentioned that Daniel Bryan does, um, I, you know, for a guy who used to bury people on the regular, including Kofi Kingston. Um, Randy Orton is doing a great job of allowing other people to be put over on him mm-hmm. uh, with him. And I really do love that. I love the the Mustafa Randy Orton, um, or not Mustafa, yeah, it's Mustafa and Randy Orton who, who kind of have that pal, I'm your friend, but I could RKO you at any time. I'm support, or no, yeah, it's Ali. Okay, yeah. Um, just so you know, I appreciate you, but I will RKO you at some point. Um, that he has going on with Ali is great. So I would agree with, I, I, I just wanted to throw two more names in there that maybe aren't to the level that Daniel Bryan has been. Um, Trips just simply because 
he brought he really did bring storyline and wrestling back to WWE in his NXT product. Um, but Randy Orton does similar things to what you just mentioned about Daniel Bryan. So just not quite as over as say Daniel Bryan is. Well, on that note, I think we will probably bring this to a close. Um, it has been a roller coaster of a year with lots of ups and lots of downs, and we tried to focus mostly on the ups for this, uh, and and just kind of kind of take a step back and realize how good we've had it for this. Um, even when we were upset several times. Yes, even when we were upset several times and are still upset about uh, Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Um, There still have been a lot of things to uh, be very, very thankful for and and give a lot of credit to. So we wanted to give a lot of credit to those now. Um, But we will probably end that here. Uh, Don't forget uh, to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast platform you choose. Uh, Go to... uh, uh, Apple's podcast and give us a five-star review because the more of those that we can get, the more likely we'll be recommended to new people. And uh, that helps us out a ton. Uh, Anchor.fm, you can go find us there and click that support tab, um, which helps us out. Or you can leave us a voice message there. Um, we've also got our Facebook page uh, that you can go and like there. And our Twitter pages. You can always find me at Raw and Order WBU, and you can find DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. Sorry, I was having a Lind- Lindor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> little truffle. Sorry, yeah, awesome. they're so good. <laughs> they are very good. Um, but uh, but on that note, you know, we will just uh, end it. Like I said. This is going to be the last uh, podcast of the year for us. So uh, on behalf of DA Fabe and and Justin LeBlanc, who uh, has been a frequent guest on this podcast, uh, we're going to wish everyone out there a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Joyous Kwanzaa, uh Cheery Pashant. Pancha Ganapati, uh, Jubilant Yule, Festivus, Festive, um, Bountiful Saturnalia, a Raucous Life Day, uh, Great Feast of Winters, Vale, uh, Hogs Watch, whatever you're celebrating. We hope you have a wonderful season and we will see you in the new year. Happy New Year, everyone.